I think. Cool. Yeah. yeah so we're not sure how. Game long. over. Oh, oh, it's going to be a walk off grand slam. Yes. Walk off. Miller. Mills. Jesus. Quick shout out for the Phils at the beginning. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, that's staying in. That's, oh, that's 100% okay. staying in. Welcome, everyone. It is the Fly Guys podcast. It is the long-awaited, Cameron, the 69th episode of the Fly Guys podcast. The nice episode. You only get one. You, you know? only, get, you only one. get one. So let's make this, let's make this one last. <laughs> let's make this a good one. And we've got a really, really great way to start this one. We are joined by a very, very special, uh, special guest, uh, we'll call it, guest host of the day, uh, Frankie James, one of the great writers for at Flyers Nitty and featured also on Bleach Report and also host of Talking 215 podcast. Frankie, how are you doing today? You know what? I'm I, I, not as good as the Phillies would have walked off Grand Slam. Hell, <laughs> 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 quick plug for the boys in red. Absolutely. Oh. Wearing their powder blues today. And the thing was, he had just missed, like Brad Miller had literally like the pitch before fouled it. And you knew like if he gets that pitch again, he's not missing. And that dumbass pitcher Gave him the same freaking pitch. I couldn't believe he actually gave him that again. It was off the facing of the second deck. It was a bomb. It threw a little, hey, how's your father though? And that's what he threw. That's, yeah, he you know, threw a little bamboo and Brad was like, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, so as much as I would love to talk about the 51 and 51 Philadelphia Phillies, we're here to talk about something else. Yes. We're here to talk with Frankie about these Philadelphia Flyers, what this podcast has been about now for 69 episodes. Dude, hands down, the most exciting offseason in a long time. Easily a long, a long time. time. You'd have, probably have to go back, geez, to when they might have signed Danny Briere or the trade I, for Chris Pronger. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a great point you made because I actually I just compared that to going back to when the lockout ended and we got Forsberg, Hatcher, and Ratchy. Yeah, oh right. my oh my yeah. god, Mike Ratchy. Oh god. And you brought in Forsberg back, and I compared it to that to that draft. I mean, I'm not I'm sorry, not that draft, but those signings. And if yeah. you want to think about more in-house when we um, acquired Richards Carter, Nitamaki, Ben Eager, um, guys like yeah. that that But this is exciting are, stuff right now. You are bringing yeah. me back to the days. I mean, the day like you know, we talk a lot about where things went wrong for Mike Richards and that core in Philadelphia, but a lot of people forget when those guys arrived and they started doing their thing, that team was not only fun to watch, but they were winning night in and night out. It's it's the greatest sin is that they didn't get a cup here. It was it was terrible they didn't yeah, get a cup even here. Even if even if they weren't winning, like it was at least exciting. There was always something going Mike on. Mike Rathke's gonna yeah. like lay out David Booth on the ice. Right. He's gonna, you know, or Richards Jeff Carter is gonna, is gonna score a nice empty net goal to yeah. had his stats. <laughs> um so we wanted to obviously talk about this offseason with you, Frankie. Chuck Absolutely. Fletcher. When this season ended, we all said, I think we all had the same mindset. This team's broken. This team's defense needs repairing. We are a long way off from being the Tampa Bay Lightning or how even a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs. And even though they're consistently folding in the playoffs, they're at least winning games to get there. Uh, evidently, Chuck Fletcher would have agreed with us, no? You know what? I'll say this. Um, yeah. I mean, from different perspectives that I've talked to and talk and hearing from the Chuck, you know, no one has said anything about a rebuild. I still, I still say yeah. there was no rebuild needed. No, I agree. But we know where they needed to the help at. They yeah. had to get defense. They had to get defense, and they needed to put the pieces in where they belonged. I mean, you had guys like Jake Voracek and Cole Drew playing on the same line. Those are the two playmakers. Mm-hmm. You yeah. had to put Orr up there with him, and we'll dive into that a little bit later on. But for Chuck Fletcher, I mean, 
<laughs> I'll give you the grade a little later on. We'll talk about some of these players, but we're smiling over here for Northeast Philadelphia. So, yeah. uh, and we're smiling here in Lower Bucks County, uh, in in, uh, in Fairless Hills. So let, let's just dry, dive into that first deal that we're going to talk about. So uh, they need defense. And what do they do? Do they go get Dougie Hamilton? No. Do they go get uh, Seth Jones, the big trade uh, rumor happening? No. They go and pull a shocker, in my opinion, and they yeah. go get Ryan Ellis. And what's yeah. the cost of Ryan Ellis? No, uh, Phil Myers, who... There was, a, you know, I'm sure, I don't know if you follow him, Anthony DeMarco on Twitter pointed out that at 24 yeah. years old, what's 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 Phil Myers' ceiling at that point? Like, is he going to get that much better than what he is now? And then Nolan Patrick, the number two overall pick of 2017, or not 2017, well, yeah, 2017, right? 2017. 2019? 2017. What's that? 2017. Yeah, So, that's like, with, with Patrick, too, it's, it's one of those things where you would love for it to work out, but at this point... There was almost no way it was going to work out in Philadelphia, even yeah, if he becomes a great player. Another uh, athlete here in Philadelphia. We yeah, another another yeah. number two overall pick. Hey, <laughs> got, hey, listen, it's it's a personal decision with him as well. He's not going to get vaccinated. Listen, my quarterback did, did get vaccinated, so you know, <laughs> yeah. birds of a feather, he and I. Uh, but I, it it was the deal that I think made a lot of Flyers fans realize that Chuck's serious. He is serious yeah. about fixing the problems here. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And, you know, going when they picked up Brian Ellis, you know, they tra- they traded away NP, who, listen, I played hockey for 18 years. I've had a few concussions in my day. Uh, it's tough to come back right away from that. But you also had a big question mark, and you didn't know you didn't know what you were getting. Now, this team is very deep and forward. forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it's extremely deep and forward. And you need, you, got, you need, got what you needed. Like, people have the comparison that we should take um, Caulfield from the player, the kid from Montreal yep. that we took Cam York. But we went and got what we needed. We needed the defenseman, and I'll dive into him a little bit later on. But Ryan Ellis, the best thing about that trade is, you know, you gave up a young defenseman, but you've also brought in a veteran, and you brought in someone that we own the rights to for five years. So we're not going to have to worry about that and have to pay him right now. Also, you brought someone in that's going to slow the game down for Ivan Provorov. Yes. Love that answer right there. Look at the way Niskanen played with Ivan. He was able to slow it down and make make Provorov a better player. It wasn't about the numbers. It was about eating up up minutes and playing well with one of your best defensemen that you have. And Ryan Ellis is a better player than Matt Niskanen. I gave that trade an A-plus all the way around. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I like what he mentioned about the five-year control because we were just talking before uh, Frankie joined us. (laughs) <laughs> Ryan Suter going to yeah, Dallas yeah. for four years. Ryan Suter's 36. He's 36. They're giving yeah. him a four-year deal, and he's going to be 40 at the end of the deal if he even makes it through that deal. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And Ellis is what, 31? He's 30. 30. He'll, 30. Right, okay. Yeah. So you're get, as you mentioned, you're getting him, you know, you said that that prime age is it's 28 to usually, 32. Usually, yeah. You know, given a take, unless you got like a Yager or Novechkin or something like that. So if, lineup, if, that, if, the, if that's the standard, you're getting a guy right in the middle of it. Yeah. Now, I know that Cameron, you know, he was uh, can we both were out on Shane God's despair, but Cameron more than I think so. than I yeah me yeah. Uh, him especially. Yeah. So I'll let you dive into the Shane God's despair situation. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, it's pretty much already been the talk. We already kind of know what happened. They sent him to Arizona for nothing in return. Um, but pretty much what they're getting is that five point two five million dollars in cap space, which to me okay. was a fair trade in my opinion. Um, it, it's it allowed us to sign other guys. It allowed us. Now, granted, you know, we could talk a little bit later about the, the guys that did sign a free agency and all that, but it opened up money for guys like Ryan Ellis, guys like Rista Linen, which 
in, in a show or two coming up in the future, we might have a little bit of debate with somebody, but uh, I'll, I'll just leave, leave that as a tease. There's a nice um, little tease, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. there's some debate about who's the better defenseman, which, again, I'm going to Or Ghost. Or that's, Ghost. That's, that's yeah. what it is right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. part of that one. <laughs> yeah. um, so. But let, so I want to ask you this, Ricky. Yeah. Um, when the Ghost deal happened, my first thought was wow, they just, they just didn't value Ghost at all anymore for this team. Is that the same feeling that you got, or do you think that isn't as, I don't want to say, for lack of a better term, insulting towards Ghost as it seems? Well, I'll say this right off the bat. As soon as they sent him down uh, uh, waivers and nobody picked him up, I think all the way around that there was no, the relationship was going to be broken. Yeah. And, he came back, and they would come back and they would put the puck in the net, which was amazing. Yeah. But we didn't need an offensive defenseman at that time. I mean – Ghost had that freshman year where he put in uh, like almost 20 goals for the season. Yeah, 17, and, yeah. And with that being said, he the next year, that's all he focused on was trying to score, and he, his defense lacked so bad. I mean, you were seeing mistakes. I remember one game where they threw the puck over, Ghost threw the puck over the other side of the Provrov. Provrov wasn't there. Wide come, uh, the offensive forward comes down, takes the puck, and scores net in overtime. I mean, the communication was so bad. There was no accountability on defense. Ghost just had to... I knew as soon as goes there traded when they got traded for that they were going to probably make a move for the sign somebody. But with the, with, go back to your question. Yeah, I mean, I don't I think it was insulting them. And as soon as the move was made, I was I, I immediately thought they're going to bring in somebody that's probably that's definitely going to take that take his place. Um, yeah. I thought he had to, I definitely think that he had to go. Sadly, you saw what you saw, and his defense just lacked. And what we need to get better at was the defensive part of the defense. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, too, is not only like was his defense lacking, but overall his offense. I mean, like you said, you're getting a guy who's gonna you're expecting to get 17, 20 goals possibly a year as a defenseman, which is extremely valuable, especially when it comes to the power play and what he was able to do. But um, when you look at his his last two seasons in Philadelphia, his his offensive production was a fifth of what it was throughout his overall career. If you look at it as a whole. There's one of those things where it's like if your offensive defenseman is not producing offense for you and he's not producing defense for you for, to begin with, then what is he worth? Definitely not almost $6 million. And so it shows that when they, he had cleared waivers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The value was not there. And I was really surprised that he that they even put him on waivers. Yeah, I, you would expect maybe some desperate team that needs a power play score to go for him. But, yeah, nobody thought it was worth it. They put him on waivers, and then he comes back. They clear the money, a little bit of money, drop him down to about 3.7. And then later on down the road, they cut him for the rest of the money. I mean, it's like Chuck Fletcher knew what was going on, and, and he was just watching us. He was doing his little puppet. <laughs> I mean, you know, a lot of people thought Chuck was just sleeping through the season and he didn't care about anything. But, you know, this was his first full season as being the general manager. And what a season to honestly have your first full season. It's, it's a shortened year. It's still a crazy time because we're still dealing with the uh, fallout of the pandemic. And they, they, they go through the season. Everything falls apart. He makes the moves that he's made. But to his credit, to his credit, he does seem to have his pulse on the team. Now, granted, this next move that we're going to talk about was, I thought, an unnecessary overpayment that he does here. Rasmus Ristolainen is traded from the Buffalo Sabres to our Philadelphia Flyers in exchange for Robert Haig. I'm cool with it. I'm fine with it. A 2021 first, I am no longer cool with it. And a 2023 second round pick. What's with the overpayment? Why Why did they have to overpay for uh, Ristolainen? Oh, it's a great question. And it's probably the biggest question mark of all, of all the moves that were made. I mean, that's obvious. Yeah. That's yeah. an obvious take. So, oh, man, it's a real... It's a, I don't... 
So I love the trade. I love, and then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? They really gave up a lot for a player once again that they don't have any rights to. He's a free agent after this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you gave up. Evidently, you gave up Ghost to clear money. I mean, if you look at it like that, they gave up Ghost to clear money. They gave up Haig. They gave up the first round pick. I mean, that's a guy you bring in for like Jack Eichel. Okay, that's a like uh, maybe he was the front. That, that, I was gonna say that's maybe like the foundation to a deal that brings in a guy like Jack. Eichel. Yeah, you yeah, have to add more, or some type of first but line. For Rasmus yeah. Ristolainen, like he's a big body. I love the physicality that he brings. That's what I love the most when it, when when. Sidney Crosby dumps the puck in the corner. He's going after it. I want that terrorizing body to be right there to make him think in his head, I'm going to take a hit from this guy, which you wouldn't have gotten from Shane Gossespierre. Well, from anybody. On, well, on, no, from, not, not from anyone. Yeah. You just weren't getting that physical physicality. You're right. He's a big body. He will hit. He can still move the puck. I think he's going to compliment Sam Hyde really nice. And he kind of reminds me of him. Right? Here's another hot take for you. Kind of reminds me of, of, of a better Dennis Gauthier. Here's a little plug of the old Dennis <laughs> I get it back to the early 2000s. I was going to say, how, 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 what, what year is it? We're bringing up Dennis Gochi. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love he it. He a body, man. He would throw the body and he'd make big hits and he could still play a little bit. But Risto is a better player. But evidently, you know, you have to say this. The fact that we don't we, – we have to sign him now. Money has to come his way. You, or that trade was an epic failure once we win the Stanley Cup this year. But, you know, because you gave up so much for a player – that you just were pretty much borrowing and he was going to go elsewhere. So I would have had him sign within 48 hours. Yeah. And like the, the big, the big defense of three agents this year was, was Dougie Hamilton, uh, Seth Jones. Well, well, Seth Jones, not a, not a free agent, but he was on the move and, uh, and Adam Larson. And to me, Seth Jones was the one guy who I didn't want because you only had, you're only going to have him for one year. And I thought like, I want a guy who's going to be here for longer. So to go for Ristolainen, now granted, we got Ellis, who was more of filling that role. Yes. But to go with Ristolainen again, only have him for one year, yeah, I'm very nervous. And I was just like you, dude. I was pumped when I saw we got him, and then I saw what we got him for, and my excitement kind of died a little bit. Now, but, yeah, yeah, my excitement quickly turned to excrement on yeah, that one. It was yeah. a lot. There was a lot. And when we found out that day, we I, I, I had um I had a live broadcast at, uh, in the Chamonix Creek Brewing Company with uh, John Street Hockey, and we were there, and we were diving into the same thing we're, talk- we're talking about. And it was a debate because with um, it was tough because you gave up so much. I mean, you, you could have given up maybe one more piece and then brought in Seth Jones here if you're going to get one player, a player for one year anyway. Yeah, why not make? Right. And that may have been the difference between Eastern Conference Finals and Stanley Cup Finals. So at this point, Flyers fan morale is kind of like an EKG. Like it shoots to the roof when they get Ryan Ellis, mm-hmm. and then it kind of flatlines when they see what they gave up Rooster Line. Uh, a flat line, but it definitely drops down a little drops. bit. Drops, yeah. Okay, maybe, okay, I'll give you that. It definitely drops down. And then, like cardiac arrest does, it shoots you right back up because then they trade Jake Voracek, who, in my opinion, was definitely one of the more underappreciated Flyers of his time. Mm-hmm. And they bring back Cam Atkinson from the Columbus Blue Jackets, a shirt, a, sh- a shirt, a shoot first mentality type of guy. Frankie, I thought this was such a good move. It, it might honestly be Chuck's best move to you know of the offseason. I agree with you one hundred percent. It was it was probably the one of the best moves besides Brian Ellis, and that only being because we now have a defensive number control for five years and someone to play a pro for off. But the Cam Atkinson Jake Voracek move, the big thing in that was. You, you brought it. We brought in someone that could score goals, and I don't expect him to play on the first line. I don't want him to play on the first line. I, I still, agree. You still need a 28, 32 goal scorer and maybe be pushing 35 goals for the year of the play with Claude Giroux. But the fact that they retained all of Jake's contract and we were still able to get a good player, um, a 
for is 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 better. He's going to score more goals than Jake Voracek mm-hmm. because he's more of a goal scorer than Jake Voracek. People forget Jake Voracek is a playmaker. He was put in a situation where he was pretty much asked to be the goal scorer, and it just never panned out. He never scored more than twenty two goals in a season, and that's an, an actual stat. So with that being said, I love the K Mackinson move. He's, he's going to score more goals. He's better defensively, and now you have somebody else with a penalty kill. It, it, it's a plus move all the way. Once again, it was a phenomenal move. It was my, it was the best move that he made all the way around. And I yeah. love Jake. Jake was one of the nicest guys that I got an opportunity to meet. He yeah. was all, he's great with the media besides uh, Mike Sielski, obviously. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, little, some weasels out there and all that. Yeah. But, the old weasel. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was a great move. It was an, all, it was an unbelievable move. Yeah. The one thing I was always, I was Mike's worried about right after, <laughs> Right after Ristolainen, uh, the Ristolainen thing, and and the lack of now cap space, and also the lack of draft picks, I, I got nervous because now I knew I was like, we we obviously need to move Jake Voracek to clear up space. But what maybe a little worried was now it's going to be harder because other teams are going to know that the Flyers are going to try to clear up space, so they're going to try to make it a little bit more difficult for him, and we're not going to be able to get the return that I would like for him. And then when I saw this happen, I was I was blown away. I was like, wow, because like you said, I mean, like Justin said, he's a goal a goal first type of guy. He's better defensively. So again, do I think Voracek is the better all-around player in terms of point production? Yeah, but at the same time, Atkinson fits what the Flyers need right now. And like you said, and it's going exactly back to what Frank said. They have got what they need. Yeah, and plus, like you like you said, Claude Giroux and Jake Voracek were lined up together. They're both playmakers. But now you have a guy who's just going to shoot shoot for shoot for goals, and that's what they've needed for a really long time. I still expect them. I still expect them to go get somebody to play on that top line. But like you said, the shoot first mentality is something that you need it because they had already shored up the defense, in my opinion. But, um, you know, go about the Jake Voracek. A lot of people had Jake Voracek going to Seattle. Uh, when that yeah. didn't happen, um, it was like, well, now we have to try and move him. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the way that they went. And I don't, and people thought Jake was going to go to Seattle. I personally thought that JVR was going to go to Seattle and he was going to potentially become their captain. I thought that was going to be a move that was going to be made. But that didn't happen. And now with that being said, I'm actually open to keeping JVR for another year. Um, you have got you have defensemen that are, are going to shoot the puck on the power play now. You have a big body like JVR in front of that net. I mean, his value honestly went up a little, may go up a little bit more now when you do decide to cut one of those contracts to bring up more of these younger kids. Um, so once again, that, just that mentality of the move with Jake uh, gives another A+. Speaking yeah. of younger kids, yeah. let's talk about yeah. another move that gets made that um... – well, it might block the road for a young kid, you know, to the team. So the Flyers think, you thought we were done? You thought we were finished? <laughs> so then they go ahead and get the Iron Man, Keith Yandel, on a one-year $900,000 contract, which I think is great value for Keith Yandel at this point. He's definitely mm-hmm. not what he was back in 2015. But the only question I have for you about this one, because I'm fine with the move. I'm fine with it. Does this block Cam York from getting up here? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I didn't have him come. Well, I was obviously back and forth when you see the moves that were made. I didn't have Cam York starting on the Philadelphia Flyers roster this year, um, right when the season ended. Um, I had him probably making his way. I still think he probably will make his way up here at some point this year. Um, nobody's healthy of all 82 games, but Keith Yandel, I mean, maybe he will be. I think he's at yeah. 900. 900, yeah, 33 yeah. games or whatever it's it is. 33, yeah. So I think it does block the road for him. I'm not upset about him being down for another year because I had already had the expectations that that was going to happen. But, I mean, he's it's it's almost like he's too good for the NHL, I mean, for the AHL, but not so green for the NHL because you saw the way he – like, to me, personally, this is a hot take. I think that Cam York is going to be better than Ivan Provo in about two years. 
the way he sees the ice, the way he moves the puck is flawless. Here's one fire I am most excited about. He's 19 years old and he plays like he's been in the league five, six years. Like I said, the way he moves the puck and sees the ice is unbelievable. Another year and this kid is just going to get better. I mean, I cannot wait for him to come up, but you had to bring in leadership. You had to bring in people, players that were going to hold people accountable. Um, I'm not worried about the Yandel move. It's kind of like in for AV's bringing his boys back to the old jungle. Um, <laughs> yeah, he brought back a few people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know how you feel about Nate Thompson being back here. I have no idea. Um, put, put him in, let him do his job. Um, I'd rather have had Petlick back. Um, yeah, yeah. So I said the same thing. Yeah. yeah I, I, I just won't forget the playoffs once Nate Thompson got in the game and I would see, you know, Matt Barzell's out there. Josh Bailey's out there. And then I see, you know, Nate Thompson trying to keep up with these guys. And I'm just screaming at the TV. Just why? Why is he on the Why is he getting 16 <laughs> minutes of ice time? People were asking, why is he in on the playoff roster? I mean, oh, my God. Yeah, he right. scores one goal against the Bruins in the playoff round, Robin. And then all of a sudden, he becomes a golden child. Yeah, yeah right. I, I, I have nothing to say about Nate Thompson. That's a whatever move. The more interesting move between the two of them was obviously Martin Jones coming to Philadelphia. Uh, Martin Jones, this is an interesting career in my opinion. I thought he was an absolute stud a few years ago for the San Jose Sharks, and I thought they were well on their way to going to the Stanley Cup final, especially after that great comeback over the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. I thought this team has all the momentum. They can go far. But Martin Jones, you could honestly put a a broken sink at goal, and it would be less leaky than Martin Jones was at critical moments of the season. But but in a backup role, I actually think that could be a perfect spot for him. I think being the guy behind Carter Hart, who also has to deal with a world of pressure from Philadelphia, could be the perfect role that Martin Jones finds himself in. What say you, Frankie? You know, obviously I had to look uh, look up some stats to see where this game was about. I mean, he's looking to come off a bounce back year as well, same as Carter Hart. Um, they're both going compa- uh, to be competitive. They're going to work work with each other. I always had the issue with bringing in somebody that – a little too much competition because then the, the talks start happening. And I'll compare it to a former uh, player that used to play here in, in Philadelphia. Yeah. Listen, wanted, I, I, I know Kevin Cobb really competed hard with Donovan McNabb's spot. <laughs> and I, I understand that's the, that's the comparison you're going for. But I just think that Carter Hart, like the potential and the fact that he has shown, like he's capable of doing oh, yeah. it. And, and people uh, don't have to roll. Carter Hart's the man, but I just don't, I would have brought in more of a veteran. I think that he kind of needed that veteran. Um, to be with him. And I, when I spoke to Carter Hart last season, it was the big question I asked him, and I'll have to send it to you guys so you can hear it. I asked Carter Hart, what was it like having Brian Elliott there? He just got the extension for two more years. What was it like for him as a mentor your entire career here in Philadelphia? Because I think that that was big. I think that was a big move. I think it was a big reason why Brian Elliott got the extension with us. Uh, I knew that he wasn't going to make it back, but it gave Carter Hart someone to work with for a consistent time. And you go back to kind of comp- comparing it with Dominic. I'm not Dominic Nab. Thanks a lot, Brad. Um, <laughs> and when he lost his coaches, they had, they had him for one year and you saw the regression. Uh, but we're going to go switch back over to hockey now. But um, I mean, I would like more of a, of a veteran goaltender. So um, my guess, though, is that you, up, so you wouldn't have wanted then Braden Holpe because you want to talk about competition. That's a Stanley yeah. Cup winning goalie yeah. right there. Yeah, I would have wanted that. Um, I would have actually. I would have been okay with. Um, I would have been okay with Alex Lyon actually as a backup. I think he showed a little bit. You, know, you look at it like this: the defense was so bad last year, but he had a game where he 
you know, he had for 47 saves and he had the save where he drove the puck underneath of his leg and splitted it out. And he had to lift up his leg so it didn't bounce back in. It was an unbelievable save. Maybe well, save Alex Lyon's also the guy that stopped 98 shots yeah. in a playoff game just a few years ago for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. So if, if he's certainly capable of taking a puck load of shots, no pun intended. But <laughs> I do agree that the signing of Martin Jones can bring that little bit of, you know, worry of uh, goalie controversy. And obviously, you know, with Nick Foles and Carson Wentz still in the fresh fresh minds of Philadelphians, the difference here is Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. Martin Jones never did actually win a Stanley Cup final. And if anything, his failure to do so in the playoffs, I think, will always be a blight on his legacy and thus would, in my opinion, dilute any possibility of a goalie controversy. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great point. So let me ask you something, Frankie. Um, the, all these moves have been made. They're probably not done, at least. Maybe they're done with the big monster moves. But as far as depth goes, they're probably still going a little bit. If you took this team right now, just looking at them, where are they? Are they a playoff team as it stands on July 29, 2021? So I'll I'll answer your question. I'll even throw you a few uh few few chicky nuggies. Um, so Ooh, I, do like I get, nuggies. this defense was a bottom five last year. I now have this defense top five in the league. Um, I mean the, the the puck movement, a movement ability that some of these players have. You have someone that's going to make pro play to his full potential, and also. So uh, Ryan, I'll slow the game down, which then evidently is going to make Carter Hart have a much better year. I mean, they made it, they made it to the playoffs. They went not deep in the playoffs, but to the second round because of Carter Hart, because of the leadership that you had. And we gotten so much better from there. Now to answer your question, I have this team going to the Easter conference finals next year. Wow. I like that. I love it. I love it. I mean, I, yeah, I'll take a, I'll take a loss to Tampa Bay in the Eastern Conference Final. I've lived yeah. through that once in my life. Yeah. You know, I, I've already seen what that looks like. Yeah, reopen that. Now window. that's right now. Now if they bring in a goal scorer like Tarasenko, or and I and I uh, I heard your point, Cameron, Cameron, about that you think that they're probably done with splash moves, but I personally think that they still have to do it. If they don't, that's will break my heart. If they don't do it, so I'll say this: I give what two points. If they don't get bring in a goal scorer. I think Culture will probably be re-signed again. If they bring in a scorer, they're going to try and win now for Cole Drews last year. Because uh, he's up after this year. And I know I don't know his reaction right now. He looks a little head down. Me personally, uh, he, I, Cole Drew is the, the man. He, I love him. He's There's, number one in my book. There is no question Cole Drew is the man, Cameron. We've, oh, yeah. We, you, we've, we've talked about him being a top five flyer multiple times on this show. Yeah. I have him in my top five. I yeah, think he's, I, I think I have, That's kind of ironic because I have him in my top five. I have him in yeah. number three. Yeah, we, we think he's one of the most underrated. I mean, we think he's probably the most underrated athlete in Philadelphia. Hands down, all around. Yeah. I, I make the argument he's the most underrated player of this generation of NHL players to come I, out. That's I, You have a very strong argument there. But yeah, what absolutely. I'll say about this, if they go and they get a premium goal scorer to compliment Claude Giroux, I mean, there's just like the, the excuses are already over. We already know there's no more excuses. I mean – I mean, if we would if we would have had Patrick Kane instead of JVR in that draft, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Oh yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah, you're you're talking you're talking multiple hundred point season for Claude Giroux if that was the case. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They never got him anybody. He had Jeff Carter and he wasn't even the captain then, and then he had yeah. Yager. And that was yeah. it. I mean, when, when he really started to hit his prime, Yager was the big one. And then after that, it was no Voracek, who again was another playmaker, but then Raffle. 
Rafa, for a while, which you, is like that. Let's Simmons honest. didn't really play on the line too much with Giroud. Back then. Sniper, no, he was a guy that was in front of the net that would get the gritty goal. We're looking for a yeah. premier shooter. You see, yeah, exactly. I think people made the mistake, and I think the Flyers of 2012 made the mistake of thinking Claude Giroux was a sniper because he could laser a shot past anyone. I mean, forgot. Look at the thir- the 32 second goal against Pittsburgh in Game Six. I mean, yeah. he just rifles that right past Marc-Andre Fleury, who I guess has gone into retirement because he just refuses to play for the Chicago Blackhawks. But might, not, might, might, never mind, never mind him. Oh, my God. He's got, he's got locks. He's got locks. He's a hockey player. I mean, what, hey, come on. What, uh, what, uh, what position did you play out of curiosity? I, so I played defense for two years when I was at Twilight Judge, and then I ended up playing switching over the right wing, and I played right wing and center for 16 years. What year did you graduate wow. Father Judge? It was 2008. 2008. Okay. All right. All right. Just checking. Um, I knew someone that uh, graduated in 2012 from Father Judge. Uh, um, but we firstly, we want to thank Frankie, obviously, for coming on to talk about, about this. We have one final question for you, and then we're going to uh, ask you a few more questions about what you're up to. Chuck Fletcher's overall grade for the offseason as it stands today. What's his report card look like, in your opinion? Hey, we'll get an A-plus if he brings Ooh. Wow. An A and an A plus if he brings in that goal scorer. Yeah, you have to. I mean, with the contracts, with the money, with the players, with now having people in the right spot, man, it, it's like. Now, here's the thing. My opinion and my take on this is that he waited for the expansion draft to take place before he was going to make the moves. He knew that there was an yeah. expansion draft coming. That's why you don't make the moves yet. You just wait it out. You see what happens. Yeah, and he didn't buy. He didn't sell. He didn't do it on that deadline really. And with that being said, after the expansion draft, you saw what happened and the moves that he made. Being said, and he gets an A plus. Frankie James, you can follow him on Twitter at Frankie Stesk. That is S T E S K. Great follow, great read on at Flyers Nitty. Uh, I, I say the app because you can also follow Flyers Nitty right on Twitter. Mm. The host of Talking Two One Five, co-host, co-host of Talking Two One Five. My good co-host. My, my apologies. My apologies. <laughs> uh, Frankie, uh, tell us what you're up to right now. Um, well, right now I am just kind of getting ready for the uh, season here. It's going to be starting soon. Um, doing a lot of stuff, writing some articles for Nitty Gritty. I uh, got some po- good, good episodes coming out with uh, at Talking Two One Five. We have a great interview that we just did with Shawnee Hill, actually. Um, so that's going to be part a two-part series. We're going to put that second part out momentarily, actually, probably tonight. And then after that, I am off for a weekend vacation, my man. Ooh, that's nice, nice. Nice. I'm, I'm going to enjoy my trip to D.C. as well. Uh, yeah. Going down there, going to a Nationals game. Uh, so that'll be fun. Uh, now I'll get to go there. Feel a little bit better than I was <laughs> earlier today. Um, Frankie, thank you so much again for coming on. Glad we could finally make this happen. And uh, we hope that you enjoyed your uh, your stay on the Fly Guys podcast. Episode number 69. You're the 69th episode. Come on. 69. Nice. Now, thank you guys nice. so much for having me. This was a uh, this was good good stuff. It's, it's always good to talk Flyers hockey. Um, keep up the great work, guys. I'll be sharing and following you guys all the way through the season. Thank Let you. me know if you guys want to do anything when the season starts. We can we can dive right into it. Absolutely. Hey, sure you know do. what? Thank you. If if elements allow it. Maybe even in person, for all we know. But I'm down for that, dude. I'm big on the live broadcast. We'll have so I have some things set up. So maybe I would love to see that that wall behind you. Yeah, that, that, that wall behind you. That's yeah. Person. That's that's where we got to take the show. Look at that. You got the uh, Eagles yeah. and Flyers right there. That's um, oh, Phillies. Dude, it's got it all. 
That's an that's a great setup. Bar. It's amazing. Yeah. It's a little bar in the bar area. That's why I do the bad boys. That's where the magic happens, boys, right here. <laughs> Frankie <laughs> James, everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you. For the Fly Guys podcast, this is Justin Goodhart. I'm along with Cameron Klein. Cameron, any closing statements? Go Flyers, baby. Go Flyers. That's it. Be happy, be healthy, get vaccinated. Follow Cameron on Twitter at CameronKlein15, myself at GoodhartJustin. And hey, if there's one more thing I want you all to take home with you this, this time around, just remember that the Philadelphia Phillies World Series tickets are probably damn cheap right now, so I'd go get them. <laughs> take care, everyone. 